following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. <laughs> it's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. You know, uh, bank robbers just aren't what they used to be. You know, back oh. in the day, you had Jesse and Frank James, who happened to be my fifth cousins. <laughs> Butch Cassidy, you had Bonnie and Clyde, Babyface Nelson. And when they showed up into town, they come in guns a-blazing. I mean, when that bank robber walked into town, walked into the local bank... And as for all your money and gold, you gave it up. There was no button you could push to bring the local authorities. They came in shooting. They came in ready to kill if they had to. Now, these days, they're dressing up in wolf costumes on their way to Chiefs games, robbing a bank and getting caught six minutes later. Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, and Travion Brooklyn. I'm already boring, Troy. He's already on his phone looking at Twitter. No, you look I... like you're sweating it a little bit. Are you all right? Oh, no. I had a little mishap and spilled a little of my beverage. Oh, did you drop it? Yeah. Gotta love that. Did you ever do the thing where you take like a, like a two-liter of oh. Coke or something and just like toss it high in the air? And it's almost kind of like Russian roulette. You don't know where that thing is going to fly. No, 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 no. Because Mm-mm. it shoots off like a rocket. Sure. You just don't know in what direction. It's it's amazing, honestly. Remember, I remember discovering that on accident at a friend's house in middle school. It was like during the summer, just kids messing around. And friend decided to just throw a two-liter up in the air. I think he knew what would happen. I had no idea. It's in the middle of the road. There's a car coming. Oh, geez. And the thing lands, it shoots off, and it goes towards, it was a truck, it goes towards the truck. It went over it, but, you know, it wasn't really a close call, but it was sort of close. But we did get haunted. at. Of I remember, course you did. I remember, that, I remember that bothering me for a while. I don't know why. I was just like, man, I think we really bothered that guy. He wasn't happy <laughs> with us. <laughs> no. Well, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I'm just chuckling. You're right uh, that, no, we do not have bank robbers who met up with the ones of lore, if you will. Yeah. Any any sort of fraud or robbery we hear of anymore is, you know, the festivals in the Cayman Islands or Firefest. Yes. The uh, what was that? What was that uh, documentary that came out just recently? It was on Netflix. I think it was uh, like the Tinder Swindler. Did you oh, ever geez. see that one? Wow, no. the guy that would you know basically catfish these ladies into being this like rich mogul. He'd even meet up with them, but he was he was a fraud. He would just he would convince them at a time where he's like, oh, these people they they need my money. I, I I owe them this money. Can you can you help me out? Can you send me like twenty five grand? They would like tap out all these credit cards to send him money, and he would travel around the world, meeting up with different women, like taking places and like spoil them, convince them he's rich, and then uh, then it turns out they find out months afterwards where he starts to kind of uh, you know ghost them after a while that. He was a fraud, and he swindled them out of thousands of dollars. Brutal. 
Yeah. Oh, brutal. absolutely brutal. So the reference here to the bank robberies, this has been Twitter today, and it's been just a wild roller coaster ride to follow along. It's a, it's a crazy 36 hours Beca- with it. Because you know, if you watch Chiefs games, you've seen them. If you've been to Chiefs games, you've probably seen this guy. Apparently, as a K State alum in 2016. What? And yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, was at the Big 12 championship game in Arlington. Seriously. But not as the Wolf. Okay. Okay, so he's known as Chief Saholic. Very popular on social media. Um, he's a Chiefs fan that will show up at the. And it's always funny seeing, like, you'll see in road games, you'll see. Fans of the road team having all these front row seats. I'm like, how do these road fans always get the front Mm -hmm. row seats? It's Mm -hmm. funny how that works. But he would always show up, you know, either in the end zones or front row, and he's in the wolf costume, usually wearing a hat, and like the ears are coming through the hat, wearing a GoPro on the hat, and he's got some sort of Chiefs tank top or something over the costume. And this dude apparently would live the gimmick. Because he would do a bunch of things on social media in the wolf costume. And if he's not in costume, he has some sort of sunglasses on. Saw a picture of him in front of a purple Porsche that he supposedly bought. Right. Um, that was an attention grabber. Yes. But where this where, where this story really ramps up is, so, uh, uh, you know, apparently, you know, he, he was on his way to Houston for the game on Sunday. And it's against the Texans. Chiefs won that game, by the way, if you don't remember, in overtime against a 1-11-1 and and or whatever the record was, the Texans. But the Chiefs able to, to sneak, it, sneak out of uh, NRG Stadium with the victory. But he wasn't at the game. And people were like, what in the world? is? Where is this guy? I'm starting to actually get a little bit worried. This is not like him. He always tweets during the game. He's quite noticeable because he's in a full wolf costume, which, by the way, I thought to myself, like, Okay, like, first of all, super fans in the NFL are already just crazy people anyway. Yes. I mean, if you go back to that story that what came out four or five years ago of X Factor, he got in a fight with another Chiefs super fan, and he, he ended up going to the hospital. Oh, no, that was just last year. Oh, was that last year? I thought that, that was, was last year. Years ago. Maybe I'm thinking of another story. But anyway, the story is, like, where it gets completely goofy is that media caught up with him as he was leaving the hospital, and it's a total sell job. He's milking it. Oh, he's, yeah. like, holding his stomach. He's in scrubs, and he's wearing the the, the like the, the cheese head, but it's, like, in, you know, looks like a chief's yeah. cheese head. I mean, just a complete living by the gimmick. It reminds me of professional wrestling, as it should, because there was a number of guys right. that lived by the gimmick. Uh, it's like... Can you imagine Macho Man Randy Savage robbing a bank? He's wearing normal clothes, but he's wearing the sunglasses and the hat. That's all bedazzled as Macho Man Randy Savage would have. So what the story is, is he's on his way to Houston, and apparently he never made it to Houston because he stopped in Tulsa, robbed a bank at gunpoint, left, and then was caught later on down the road. Now, the Bixby Police Department, who made the arrest... They have cleared up a couple of things. So there were a bunch of things going around, like as he left the bank, he yelled, go Chiefs. He was wearing the 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 wolf costume at the time, and it was like later in Texas. When he got to Texas is when he was caught. Well, the Bixby Police Department has actually kind of, uh, you know, kind of ruined the buzz a little bit on this story because okay. the way it's been pictured, I mean, it's a complete caricature. It's a wild story, but apparently he was not wearing the wolf costume. 
He was caught just six minutes after the robbery. It was real fast. Oh, that's great. And he didn't yell, go Chiefs. (laughs) (laughs) But somebody uh, did the, uh, the deep dive on him. And apparently, I don't know how true this is, but does have a few things to back up some of the claim because there's a whole thread on Twitter about it. But basically, this, and his real name is Xavier Michael Babadar. And um, like I said earlier, apparently he's a graduate of K State in 2016. So not only does K State have this guy, apparently, but also the BTK killer. I don't know. Uh, I don't even know if he went to K State. But um, apparently, this guy's a complete fraud is a serial robber. What? But it's like at all levels. I, I don't think it's really banks usually. I, and I don't know how true this is. It's just kind of going off what people have been saying on Twitter, but some of it has been backed up by mug shots. He just, it's all levels of theft. Like this guy is like addicted to stealing things. Okay. And just this last one was a, a pretty big one that landed him in jail on a $200,000 bond and in serious trouble. Like, Probably isn't going to Chiefs games for a number of years type of trouble. He's been seen, well, he's actually been putting it out there on social media himself, where he's putting some big bets on the Mm -hmm. Chiefs from winning the Super Bowl, winning the AFC Championship game. These gigantic parlays where he's betting like $1,000 to $5,000 at a time. Also putting this story out there on social media that... You know, at one point he's making 12 bucks an hour working in warehouses. Now he's managing a bunch of warehouses. And uh, apparently that's also a lie. Yeah, apparently this guy's a big fraud. But man, does not does this not make a great movie? I brought up earlier the Twinder Swindler. There's a whole yep. bunch of these stories out there of people just frauding other people, taking their money, because of basically people just kind of falling for people's other stories and kind of being stupid and not noticing the red flags. Holy crap. Uh, yeah. Makes me glad that the Broncos' level of notoriety with super fans was Barrel Man. Barrel Man? That's a lame name. Well, you know what he wore to the game, don't you? Well, apparently a barrel. And that was it. Yeah. I, I'm a fan of... Started that in 67, though, so, I mean... First of all, NFL fans are just the weirdest. Okay, yeah. The weirdest. We can agree on that. I think you'll find the most diehard fans in the uh, in in the NFL. But with the outrageous costumes, like there's that lady that uh, has the puppets. She seems like the most innocent one, but who knows what, what her background's all about. We already got a, a rough track record with the Chiefs and super fans now. Started with X Factor, started with another guy as well, them two getting in a fight. This X Factor guy is a, you know, He's been convicted of crimes, and he does all these drugs or whatever. It doesn't stop, though, with Xavier Babador, though. Hmm. It doesn't stop. I, the, the news is just coming out. Apparently, he was at a, uh, a celebrity or a charity event for Patrick Mahomes. One of his charity events bought this painting, which was probably with stolen money. Good God. It's a wild story, but it kind of ruins it a little bit that he didn't make this big robbery in the costume. I've seen pictures of him apparently in other robberies and not getting caught. Like to me, that doesn't make sense because he's living the gimmick. He's actually, if he's really showing up to these robberies in costume, I don't think it's hard to track this guy down. The, the only issue is, I guess you wouldn't have his real identity, but 
And you can't just show up to a sporting event and, and arrest the guy just because he's wearing a wolf costume and it just happens to be similar to the same costume the other guy was wearing in a bank robbery. Whatever. But I just imagine him showing up to the bank and he's like all Teen Wolf style. And instead of a gun, the eyes go beady red and he goes, Give me a bag of money. <laughs> Do you recall the story of Larry David and the crew for Curb Your Enthusiasm shooting at a Dodgers game and it wound up proving the guy's innocence? Yeah, so I I know that story as well. That's another one of those documentaries that, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he was picked up for murder. For murder. Later that night, right? Or maybe the next day. Correct. And they had footage from the TV show that showed him in the stands. Yeah, because, yes, they were filming Curb Curb Your Enthusiasm at Dodger Stadium, but it wasn't the film, like the shots that you actually saw in the show. It was like... It was B-roll. Yeah, B-roll. And they somehow... Because that was was his only shot at not going to prison for the rest of his life. Unbelievable story. And that's my biggest fear of being wrongly convicted or wrongly blamed for something major. And yet this guy... Thought that it made sense to do it in one of the most notable costumes around. How would you like to be someone who owns that same costume? And that's, they, that's what I was just saying. Yeah, and they yeah. pull. I just, I just, yeah. The thing is, like this, this sounds like an amazing documentary slash movie. But is it? it is it interesting for uh, like do other people around the NFL like major fans? Like, are they finding this to be that interesting? Given the number of web hits that there are on that story today, probably. It's, it's not like Tiger King or anything like that. No, it's it's a you know probably what seventy two hour cycle for that story to have well, everybody's the, attention. That's the documentary until until he until he uh, goes in front of the judge the first time. This guy portrayed himself to live a lavish lifestyle, making tons of money. Major bets. Flashes up the shot of the Porsche. And then he's in prison. We don't know the rest of the story, though, yet. How long is he going to be going to jail for? Is he going to plead guilty? That's a, that's a hefty bond on him. Well, yeah, 200000 Yeah, it's a major felony because... Well, and I saw on the, on the arrest report that listed the charges, it said that he was wearing a mask. <laughs> but, but the police department said that he wasn't wearing the wolf mask. So what was he wearing? Was he does like sunglasses count? He was also posing with like those razor. I think they're except, called razor sunglasses. Or whatever except that it's called. it didn't. The footage show him wearing the wolf mask. That's the thing, though. Like I don't know what's real. I don't. Know I got you. What's what here? It's just people posting things on Twitter. I just, I see a bunch of mug shots. That that's the, that's the that's the paper trail there. That he is. And how does this not come out until now? Is he just has he been that good at c- covering up his identity? Right. That we haven't been able to figure him out. But somebody finally knew his real name, was able to search for him, and found out, oh, he got arrested just outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma, for holding up a bank. Which, by the way, you know what I talk about these days? Probably the hardest crime to get away with is bank robbery. You're not going to make it very far. As soon as you make it clear that you're there to rob the bank, there's a teller pushing a button, and berries are going to be coming your way very fast. I love that tweet right there. Oh, yeah, Wolf of Wall Street. The, Leonardo DiCaprio yeah, pointing. Yeah. yeah, the bank teller when CBS cuts to a crowd shot of Chief Saholic. 
<laughs> oh, there. That's him. And the bank. So he was wearing the mask. See, but I, I've seen that picture going around as well. It's, it's like he's wearing like a jumpsuit uh-huh. with a gray shirt. Uh-huh. He's got the wolf mask on, and he's wearing the hat. That, that's the thing. The hat is kind of the giveaway. Yes, right. The wolf mask is one thing, but he's also wearing the chief's hat. I mean, guy, you're giving yourself up at that point. Right. Now, does he have a gun in that picture? Good question, because you can't get a good shot of his hands with that. Hmm. It's all blurry. So, all right. When we come back, I I knew I wasn't going to be able to top a lot because this story has been talked about. I mean, Pat McAfee was talking about it. Someone hit McAfee uh, with this guy. If it is Chief Zaholic, drove as much as four hours to rob a bank. That is some unreal. cash before laying down some bets. Well, you that can't is bet. Actually, unreal. You can't bet in Texas or Oklahoma. Kansas is the closest. All right. Um, by the way, I believe he's from Missouri. I'm glad this did come up though because. Um, that's kind of a funny sentence to say, but we, we have been too distracted by Jaden Ham, the tight end from Eudora committing to KU yesterday. No. Because he, he tossed the K-State hat. But from what I understood, like he hadn't been recruited by K-State for a while. I mean, K-State's doing pretty well this class in, in tight ends, didn't really need Jaden Ham. And then a commitment time where he was originally committed to uh, Arkansas – Decommits, I guess, and now he's going to KU, but he like tossed the KU hat across the, the room. K-State, K-State hat. hat across the room. So he gave it the Gavin Potter treatment. Well, that's the thing. That's the reaction. It's like, is this Gavin Potter 2.0? Well, we got uh, clue number one. All right, when we come back, my top ten list of the week after this. You know, after more consideration... Would, like, Netflix or Hulu or Paramount, like, be interested in making a documentary about Chiefsaholic? You know what? My guess would actually be no. Because is is bank robbery, is that really that interesting of a story? Like, it, it was a big deal, of course, back in, like, 1900. Because there's so many notorious bank robbers that would go across the country, steal this, steal that, rob trains, whatever. And doing it again in a wolf costume, if true, is pretty funny. You know, but nobody was killed. Um, you know, it wasn't like he had a, a relationship with the people that had that money in the bank or anything like that. It's just, it's bank robbery. You know, it's just a guy that probably lived two lives, but really a lot of his identity in person reflected his identity behind the scenes i think it would be an interesting one you might do better getting a true crime prod uh, podcast out of it yeah depending on how many banks he robbed over the years five three seven thirteen fifty have you ever met this guy or sat next to chief saholic the guy that would dress up in the entire wolf costume with some chief's gear over it have you ever interacted with that? I, I I guess I read a few things about him being a good guy or whatever. Okay. Really took his gimmick probably too seriously. He would always have people like film him at stadiums and like, like oh, we're going to kick the crap out of the ta-, You know, those kind of videos. But people enjoyed him, I guess. Tell me which of the super fans doesn't outdo the gimmick. 
I mean, the the gal with the puppets. I mean, we know what. Actually, I think she's in some kind of hall. Isn't she in the Hall of Fame? Like the, the, fans v- hall the of fame? Visa Fans Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, Barrel Man, I brought up for the South Stands at, at Mile High, is was the first from Denver to go in. Apparently, the real re- weirdos don't get in the Hall of Fame then. X Factor, Chiefsaholic. Nope. Nope. They're not getting nope. in. Did, wasn't Chiefs Factor in? Or was it Red Extreme? I have no idea. One I don't of keep up in. with these people. I know. I understand. Honestly, like I don't think I would have even cared about this story at all if it wasn't for the fact that, or for what I think is a fact. I'd love to get you know more clarification. I've seen some pictures, but I'd love to get more background on it of him actually being in costume for the robberies. Apparently not true for this latest one, but in previous ones, if it is true, yeah, that makes it a lot more interesting in my opinion because he wasn't smart enough to take it off before. Right. You know, go under. <laughs> you know, what would have been funny is he put the ski mask over the wolf mask. Then you have your movie. All right, speaking of movies, my top 10 list of the week, of course, Christmas is on Sunday. I figure I'd get in the holiday spirit with doing another top 10 list around the holidays. Now, everybody has their favorite Christmas movie. Also, everybody has an opinion on, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Is Edward Scissorhands a Christmas movie? Um, You know how I feel about Die Hard and Mm -hmm. how I would say it's not a Christmas movie. And my number one, kind of going off the reasons why I feel it's not a Christmas movie, number one on the list is because Bruce Willis himself has said it's not a Christmas movie. So, I mean... You know, I was in the movie. I kind of want to go with what he has to say. Travion is Die Hard a Christmas movie. It is because it's a movie that takes place around Christmas and there's Christmas themes throughout. The thing is, like, if you take Christmas, Christmas themes throughout, I don't know about that. If you took the Christmas out of Die Hard. It wouldn't make a difference. But I mean, Exactly. But you have to have the Christmas party in order for. It could be any kind of party. Could be a, it could Why be one of the kids' would, birthdays. At an office? I don't know. It it, it could be <laughs> cele- July. It could be celebrating the big takeover of something. You know, I mean, it it be sure. any corporate party, just not a Christmas one. Uh, someone I saw actually uh, did a great joke on this. They called it an infrastructure movie. Infrastructure. That movie. it was more an infrastructure movie than it was a Christmas one. There's been a debate recently about if the Harry Potter movies are Christmas time movies as oh, well. Oh, good God. No. Because people online are like, well, you know, I like watching them in December every year. Nah. The family movies, there's everyone, every single one has some snow or yeah. Christmas time If there's theme a in slight it. Christmas theme in the movie, it's a Christmas movie. Well, it works for Hallmark. These are my top 10 favorite holiday movies because they're not all about Christmas. So I wanted to be specific there. Oh, that sound. Here we go. Number 10. Number 10. Got to go with a classic. Frosty the Snowman, the movie from 1969. A lot of these movies, and I think this would be for a lot of people if they were to put together their own list. They're going to be very nostalgic movies. Ones you remember watching as a kid. Maybe not so much you've discovered as an adult. I think there'd be a lot of nostalgic in a lot of people's lists. I start off with that because I remember back in the day, I don't know if CBS has done it yet, but CBS would usually air Frosty the Snowman at some time in December, and I usually like to catch it. But I haven't seen it yet this year. No, and I'm curious 
who owns the rights nowadays for any of that, honestly, because the Charlie Brown shows now turn up on ABC. Oh, yeah, I don't know. So the rights elapsed from CBS and, and ABC jumped on it and has them. So I'm not sure uh, who has it anymore even to number find nine. it. Didn't mean to cut you off there. That's okay. No, nope, that's all right. Uh, number nine is Jingle All the Way. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sinbad. Is, I mean, that is your classic tale. I think a lot of parents have, have, have stumbled upon this issue once upon a time. You're looking for that certain toy your kid wants, and it's a hot item. I mean, I'm sure there's been a lot of these over the years. Um, I, I'm trying to remember what the um, – oh, there was like this stuffed animatronic animal. God, I can't th- – Furby. I think it was Furby. Yes. Furby was real hot at one time, and like one Christmas they were hard to find. And my sister really wanted one. My mom got one. Um, but it was Turbo Man. And Jingo all the way. And Arnold wanted to make his son really proud. Their their relationship wasn't great. He's searching all over town for it. He gets into real some real shady situations. Then he turns into Turbo Man. And the son at the end of it is like, I don't need Turbo Man at all. I got the real one. It was like a real happy ending. I mean, and it was also, I thought, one of the best acting jobs by Arnold Schwarzenegger, where he didn't have to be the action hero. He was just the hero in general. Kind of got a little actiony at the end there. All right. Number eight. My favorite holiday movies. Did you got something, Travion? Just real fast. Um, they already showed Frosty the Snowman on November 29th. <laughs> Why are we airing it right after Thanksgiving? I don't know. Give me some days, man. They did uh, Frosty and then Rudolph. Who's like... in charge of CBS these days? <laughs> man. Uh, Julie Chen. Anyway, um... <laughs> I don't get the joke, but I don't know if anybody she's, does. She's but. married to Les Moonves, who's oh, the chairman of. Right. Mm-hmm, yeah. This is how Big Brother continues to run. Les Moonves. Oh, my gosh. That's a. All right. Number eight, Scrooged. The Bill Murray yes. version. Yes. I, I remember. I haven't seen it since high school, I'm pretty sure. But I remember watching that movie. And I was like, you know what? Like, if it wasn't for Bill Murray, this movie might have not been very good. No, he carried it. Bill Murray made it a good movie. And it was still somewhat supposed to be like a serious movie, right? But he made it in his own way, serious yet on a goofy side of things. But it was the it was a, you know, the a refresher, I guess, on the Christmas Carol. In many Modern ways, version, I guess. in many ways you could say it's the same as what he did with Groundhog Day. Number seven. Number seven is another movie when I was a kid, The Santa Claus. And people are just now noticing the spelling of Claus. Like, you're just now understanding that it's not like Santa Claus, like Santa's name, last name. Mm-hmm. It's Claus is in like a contract clause. I had no idea that oh, was Oh, my God. my These genera- these younger generation, millennials wow. I, I, and Gen I, I, Z. How do you not notice this until right. now? I don't understand it. But, oh, man, t- Tim Allen had me hooked. When he like shakes his belly, he's like, "Does this look like a little bit of weight to you?" Yeah. That was a great line. Yes. yes, great line. I mean, the, the transformation from regular guy to Santa Claus—that was some good cinema. Thought that was fantastic cinema. Went on to make other Santa Claus movies. Wasn't as good as the first one. Also, I remember them trying to really like, really trying to sell Denny's. Yeah. <laughs> so 
the Santa Claus it was is what influenced me to try Denny's for the first time. I'm sorry. When I think and of I Denny's, like, I think of the Santa Claus every time because as a kid I would be like, oh, this is the place they eat in the Santa. They Claus. made a really big deal about it, and I'm like, and I tried it. I was like, Denny's is trash. <laughs> it's not. I don't. I was. I was so disappointed. I I actually saw a T-shirt today, uh, cross my Twitter feed, because it's basically the account is shirts that go hard is the name of it, and it was Denny's is Waffle House for those who like to fight. <laughs> there's a uh, so there's a video of apparently there's like this metal band performing in a Denny's. Oh, God. And my girlfriend's parents, or girlfriend's parents, girlfriend's kids were like, you know, the, the singer looks like Mitch. Oh, no. And he's like, what the blank is up, Denny's? Oh. And the guy kind of looks like me. It's pretty oh, funny. All boy. right. My favorite holiday movies. Number six. And my top ten list is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer from 64. Um, so couple of things that stand out to me about that movie not only is it a classic not only is a kid like rank frosty i'll still watch it at 32 years old again cbs apparently played it way before i was expecting it and i missed it whatever bah humbug but a couple of things that 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 point out that stand out to me about that movie so rudolph's actual like red nose is like the best red nose i've ever seen in anything of rudolph the red nose that's a great red nose i i, I was convinced like that was a that's a great red nose. Nobody's been able to do it better since, and that was in '64 when that movie came out. Also, the elves had gigantic noses. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is this? Are these like half Pinocchios? You know, when it was originally aired, it had an entirely different ending. I did not know that because they had to re-edit it so that the Santa goes back to get the misfits toys off the island because the original just didn't show mm. it at the end, just to show that he made his promise for it. All right, we're halfway done. My list of my top 10 favorite holiday movies. Number five. Number five is Home Alone, the first one. And then I'll go ahead and give you number four. Number four. Is Home Alone 2. I like Home Alone 2 more because I like the element that he's out of his element. You know? Now it's kind of like, it almost kind of felt in favor of the robbers. Joe Pesci and uh, Daniel Stern. Is it Daniel David Stern? Daniel Stern? David. Uh, no, it's Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern. Mm-hmm. Even though the scream with the tra- uh, when the tarantula was put on his head is still one of the best screams, I think, in movie history. But I like the fact that he's in New York City. Kevin is. He doesn't know anything about the city, yet he scams a hotel out of, you know, steals his old man's credit card and is staying at the Waldorf Astoria. Right next to Central Park. And yet he has to go to his uncle's house, finds it in this address book, and he turns that into a big trap house. I was like, there's a lot better storyline, I mm-hmm. think, in this one than, than the first one. I think it's one of the best sequels there is. Home Alone 2 is one of my favorites. All right, but number three. Number three. Is what makes it a holiday top 10 list, and that is Eight Crazy Nights, the Adam Sandler animation. Mm hmm. So if you're not familiar with this movie, like Adam Sandler plays this like this deadbeat guy, his life is not on the right trajectory. He's in trouble with the law. Instead of going to jail, though, this guy named Whitey Duvall, who is a rec referee for basketball, says, "I'm going to take this guy under my wing, make him a better person." 
The soundtrack, it's all original songs. It's really good. It's raunchy, but not like too raunchy, if you know what I mean. Uh, I remember as like a young adult really liking this movie. I'd catch it every single year. But it's also, you know, Eight Crazy Nights. It is around Hanukkah. But he also, you know, meets a lady, has camaraderie with her son. There's that bond there. And also Whitey and Davey have this connection towards the end of the film. They're best buds now. But the technical foul song is a classic. <laughs> That's a technical foul. Adam Sandler did both voices. Mm-hmm. His own, of course, and then Whitey Duvall's voice. I was like, man, that that's that's some range. Plus, there's a lot of great, great actors from John Lovitz to Ann Wilson. Ann Wilson does one of the voices in that movie. Troy, what would be your top three? Uh, I'm kind of a Grinch when it comes to them. To holiday movies, Grinch to be fan, huh? No, I am a Grinch when it comes to holiday movies. Not a fan. Huh? I'm not a big fan of them. No, hmm. not a big fan of them. Um, Monica's favorite by far and away. You still have to mention that's probably on your list. Yes, I'll get to it here in a second. But first, uh, go ahead. And so, needless to say, that's been a source of jokes for 25 years between the two of us. Number two. Number two is Bad Santa. And that's not the one. <laughs> Man, this is still a, oh, great, boy. a great rewatch. This one is raunchy. It is an R-rated film. And it tackled a part of Christmas that nobody had really tackled yet, and that is the mall Santa. But this mall Santa isn't your normal mall Santa. No. Absolute deadbeat. Robs the, the mall at some point, takes it for everything it's got with his, with his elf. In other words, Chiefsaholic. Chiefsaholic, yeah. A complete drunk, goes out drinking every night, alcoholic, but this kid invites him over to the house. He stays in this mansion for the whole Christmas season. This kid is super annoying. Everything about the movie is is totally funny to me. But I love the take that we never really got before then, the mall Santa. I've never done the mall Santa thing, by the way. I've never, ever done that. As a kid, my parents never took me to a mall Santa. There mm-hmm. actually used to be a Santa that came to the <laughs> so in Morganville. There's an old bar. It was like a bar slash cafe. The Santa once a year, Santa would come to the bar. Okay, yeah. And kids would come there with their lists, and we would meet Santa at a bar. Now, Santa never had a drink afterwards, at least as far as I understand. Mm-hmm. Welcome to small town living, my friend. Yes, I, I think the same probably is happening at my... Uh, Second Cousin's location in Soldier. Travion, what's your favorite holiday movie? Christmas, whatever holiday you want to pick. Oh, I don't know. I feel like you kind of just, you've seen so many, so many times that you're like, whatever. I guess Christmas Vacation and like, I like Gremlins a lot. That's a Christmas movie, I think. <laughs> and then, uh, there, there's another one that we'd get argued about, yes. Yeah. Um, it's more I, Christmas than Die Hard. True that. I get nostalgic about the... A very special Muppet Christmas. It's one of my favorite Christmas specials. Well, everybody knows where I'm going. Number one. With number one. But I want to play the song. The the opening song, the opening credits. Because this should be more of a Christmas song. But it's not. Listen to this. Everybody knows there's not a better time of year. It's a great song. Got a ton of 
I think they're too locked in on what Lindsey Buckingham did with the original. Holiday Road? Yeah. Wasn't in Christmas Vacation. No, not in Christmas Vacation. I'm saying the original Vacation. Well, so I, I told I, I asked Sloan about this because he's also in charge of B104, or I'm sorry, uh, Sunny 102.5 that turns into Christmas Station after Thanksgiving. And I'm like, actually, it started before Thanksgiving. Was not a fan of that. Um, but um, I was like, you know, I, I brought this up to Lindsay the other day. I was like, you know, the Christmas Vacation theme... You know, with the opening credits, that should be more of a Christmas, like a traditional Christmas song. Why is it not played on the Christmas stations? And I brought it up to him, and he's like, he got into it. He's like, you know what? I'm going to add it. I'm going to add it. So he added it to Sunny Today and did some, uh, did a uh, deep dive. Okay. And figured out, you know, maybe a reason why is because, you know, it was never really released as a song. You just can only hear it for the movie. Uh-huh. The movie never had a soundtrack. I was like, you know what? That's a good point. Probably a big reason why stations aren't playing, because it was never put out there as like a big song or anything. It was just a part of a movie. I had no clue. Mavis Staples. Yes. Had no clue. Yes. Found that out earlier, and I was like, yes, that, like this has got to be more of a Christmas song. Here, here's at least what Wikipedia st- states about it. The only installment of the Vacation film series to not include Holiday Road. Yep. So... Christmas and also um, Vegas. Both of those movies did not open with Holiday Road. Vegas Vacation opened up with uh, Good Vibrations, Beach Boys. But Holiday Road does make an appearance in it. Yes, it does. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll finish up the hour with Cooper Beebe, who spoke to me yesterday after this. All right, Cooper Beebe. He is one of who we feel are three K-State football players that could maybe, uh, well, they're not going to. They're not going to opt out from the bowl game, get ready for the NFL draft. Did they choose to do, leave early, and get ready for the NFL draft? It'll be after the bowl game. It's not every week we got to talk to Cooper Beebe, but he did speak to the media on Tuesday. Here's that interview. You know, we knew at the start that we had a team this year, um, and we knew, you know, this was, this was our year to win it. Um, and it was just the way we finished, uh, it was just huge for us, um, huge for, you know, recruiting, just huge for this program in general. Um, a lot of hard work and sweat has went into that, and, you know, that was our goal of the season. And, you know, we still got one more game to finish. What was that moment like on the field celebrating your teammates? Oh, it, it was unbelievable. You know, I was in on the field goal, and when we made it, I, honestly, I didn't know what to do. I, I just started running around, jumping around with people. Like, it It was just, you know, uh, unbelievable. Um I knew once once Ty went in there, we we were gonna win this game, and you know it's just all that hard work, you know, finally came to fruition. It was just unbelievable. Can you talk about the challenge presented by Alabama? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, this is just an it's an Alabama team. You know, they've been at the top of college football for as long as I can remember. You know, they're big, fast, strong at every position. You know, it's a great challenge, but I. I I think all the dudes are excited. You know, we know what this opportunity brings, and we'll be ready. Specifically, a challenge for you with Will Anderson announcing he's going to play. I know you're on the interior, but it's still rushing the quarterback, right? Yeah, um, you know, I'm excited. You know, I get to you know go against up some top tier guys. You know, and, I, and I'm ready for the challenge. You know, I I've been prepared for this moment. You know, I want to go against the best. So bring it on. Has the move inside been everything that you would have expected? Oh yeah, um, you know that's something I've been wanting to do since you know the beginning of my career um 
and I thought I was just better well suited for it. And you know, KT coming along helped that out. And I, you know, I think he did a good job this year. And you know, it felt more comfortable to be on the inside. You speak of good guys. What has Eli Huggins meant to you guys this year? You know, Eli Huggins has definitely got to be one of the most underrated players on our team. You know, the stuff that he does. You know, from a leadership standpoint, even from a performance standpoint, he's you know the most underrated player on our team by far. Does it help you guys? You played an SEC team and, and, and did pretty good last year. Uh, I mean, each game's different. I mean, just because it's an SEC team, you know, it's and we've played SEC before. I don't think it makes a difference. Um, we know the challenge that lies ahead, and we'll be ready for it. How do you keep your emotions in check, right? You know, obviously how how that game ended the Big Twelve. I go up against Alabama. How do you keep your emotions in check for this game? Um, we just know, you know, that, you know, we complete our goal, but, you know, our season's not over. we still got a story to write. Um, you know, we've already put the championship game past us. You know, we had a couple of days to celebrate, and we moved on to Alabama right away. Cam, you've obviously got a decision to make with the NFL and potentially coming back. How do you balance all that stuff this time of the year? Um, right now, you know, that's not something I'm focused on. Um, you know, I'm going to worry about that after the bowl game. And, you know, right now I'm just focused on Alabama. And that's Cooper BB back on uh, Monday. Kind of getting my days mixed up here. Monday is when that took place. Today is Tuesday, and tomorrow is Wednesday, and the Cats will be taking on Radford in men's basketball. Mitch Palm will kick off hour number two, plus we will hear from Will Howard, quarterback of the Kansas State Wildcats. who spoke to the media yesterday. We are 11 days away from the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans, Louisiana. By the way, a note about tomorrow's show. We're only on from 5 to 6. Thursday will be our signing day show. That'll be a full two hours. Hour two of the game coming up here in just a few moments, plus your local news.